Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. I'd like to let you know that Wisconsin Music Podcast is a media partner for the 6th Annual Make Music Milwaukee, a day-long celebration of live music on Monday, June 21st. Local musicians and venues are invited to participate in this free citywide event. Details and venue musician matching services at makemusicday.com dot org slash milwaukee once again that's make music day dot org slash milwaukee nice to have summer finally here in june here in wisconsin i hope everybody's enjoying the great weather we were having so far uh, a little update on the stolen car that was stolen on memorial day um it was found in waukesha i don't remember if i mentioned that last um or in wabatosa if i mentioned that last episode or not but uh, it was found. It was brought to the auto body shot for um, taking a look at and see if it's salvageable or not. And that was about a week ago. And haven't heard anything back from that yet. So once that's updated, I'll let you know what's going on with that part. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Celestial as an artist, is known as an artist without boundaries. He has connected his personal influences and emotions across the different genres he releases under. Based out of Milwaukee and originally from a small town of Milwaukee, started playing guitar for a jazz band as well as lead singer rhythm guitar for his own band, Buffalo River, before he played violin, saxophone, and banjo. And we're going to hear more about that from Celestial. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Great. Um, Why don't you start with your, I know I did a little bio intro there but why don't you kind of give us your music origin story how did you get started and kind of the path that took you to where you are today yeah absolutely so i i really have to give all my credit to my dad um i don't think i would have been anywhere i would have been now um i mean personally i i do do some more electronic funk now and um that's really where i my career has taken me but um despite that i started off with bluegrass it was bluegrass growing up with some rock and roll here and there, but I was going to bluegrass festivals my whole life. Um, and my whole family just loves music. I mean, even my extended family. And so I was just, I, I had so much to work with growing up. Um, and then eventually I found electronic music and I loved it so much. And then as the time went on, I found these bands like Sun Squabby or Grizz or X Mag, where they're taking the awesome aspects of live bands and live music and combining it with some of that amazing um electronic influence and that's kind of where i've tried to make my own way there while playing guitar and bass live as well as having some electronic influences that's cool so does anyone besides you play music in your family or is it kind of like you're the black sheep oh no so my so my both my brothers we all did band and all that stuff but um Besides that, my dad still plays saxophone um, in some gigs here and there. Okay, cool. Saxophone's my main instrument as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And I'm a band director, high school band director by day. So I kind of get a a lot of kids kind of like you coming through that want to, you know, kind of explore different instruments and kind of figure out where their path is going to lie within the music, you know, where music's going to lie in their life, basically. So... Why don't you kind of give us like the instruments that kind of like have really influenced you into what you're doing today? Yeah, so it that really does become complicated for me because, um, like I said, it started out with bluegrass, but then um, I, so I started picking up the violin. Uh, I played the violin for six years, and 
the whole idea was I wanted to play the fiddle and that was great. I learned the Suzuki method and I, I don't regret doing it, but um, as time went on, it was like, well, I don't really want to play classical music. This is the whole point was to kind of play the fiddle. And so I, 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 I stepped out of that and then got into saxophone and the ukulele and the banjo. And that was all great too. And then a little bit more time went by and I saw some bands um, with the whole electronic aspect with guitar being um, something that it was involved. And then, seeing how versatile the guitar, especially the electric guitar could be in the context of electronic music really got me thinking. And um, that's when I started picking up guitar and I was playing in the band. Um, I was playing my high school jazz band, but then as well as my other band, like you said, Buffalo River. Um, and that was great, but I did really want to take it to a different level where I'm more soloing and you know even shredding you could call it um over something else that i've i've made in the studio and then i bring to my live show so i have all the the drums the synths whatever i bring that to my live show and then i take the guitar part out and then play that myself and that really took me to where i kind of want to be now which is what um a, a fusion of a um of it a performance uh, it's not gonna it's good you're gonna hear some a lot of funk you're gonna hear some bluegrass in, influences and then you're gonna hear some dubstep and um dnb and all this stuff it's really just like bridging all these different worlds of music together into one big happy music family and one big show experience okay okay so i'm looking at your bio here you it's kind of like what you said here, um, combining the synth of electronic music with the dance, introducing grooves of funk with live instruments to create a happy marriage, just basically what you just said. Yeah. Um, so your first electronic uh, funk EP, Nova, uh, mm -hmm. which was released in 2018, kind of give us an idea how that came together and how that process worked for you. Yeah, so um, that really started with, I had been making music for a while, and honestly, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, I went to um, a uh, uh, art school, Columbia College, Chicago, where I was a, and I went for audio design and production. And I started seeing all these people from around the country and world who are who are so far along in their career. And it kind of gave me a little bit of a kick in the ass to start putting out some of the stuff I, I've been making. And not just, you know, release a single every six months or something. It was like, these guys are doing it. I should do it too. And so I pretty much was like, all right, I got these, these songs and I think they're ready to go. And so then that became a whole thing of, all right, I got to learn. I, I got to reach out to some people who are really good at mixing and mastering because I just, I, I want my, my music to sound as fantastic as possible. And so uh, I have to give a shout out to Mark Dunzing, um, on, especially on um, uh, After Dusk. He helped that song become really a, a you could even say it's more of a club banger, but it, 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 but it doesn't necessarily touch, it's, it's not just thumping beats. It has guitar and drums and, and trumpets and all this stuff. And um, that was kind of where I wanted it to be. And so... I was in Chicago. I wanted to get stuff out. And that really was kind of the, um, the starting gun to releasing music as I'm going forward now. Okay. And so let's talk about, if you want, we can put some songs from that EP as well as the ones that came after that. If you want to talk about a couple of songs from each release and kind of, and then we can put those in the podcast. People can hear that. Sure. Yeah. 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 So you talked about, uh, the one that that mixer did for you. Um, what was the name of it again? Uh, Mark Dunzing. And what was the name of the song? Uh, After Dusk. After Dusk. Okay. And another one in the bio you sent me, you had another one called Nights of Love. Do you want to talk about that one as well? Sure. Yeah. So Nights of Love was kind of the, one of the kickoff points to me having a hard time finding what my sound is, but then at the same time wanting to like, it's like one of the, uh, the ventures I've wanted to um, pursue is just having having an being an artist where I love all types of music. And so I want to release all types of music. And so I had songs like Sandy point as well as, um, nights of love where 
you might hear a little bit of my more electronic influence, but it, it is a bigger picture of that. I love all types of music and can't stop making all types. And it, it, it's, <laughs> it becomes a problem with marketing and, um, you know, promoting yourself of, you know, a, a, somebody finds you on Spotify and it's like, who the hell is this person? Who are they a, a bluegrass artist? Are they a singer songwriter? Um, but I kind of got to the point of if it's well done and I like it and people around me like it, then it should be out there for people to listen. And so Nights of Love was one of those where, um, and that's, that's still to this day, one of my most listened to tracks and is still consistently one of my most listened to tracks, but it is off brand of how nowadays I'm presenting myself a little bit more, which is a little bit more down the stream of electronic funk. But um, yeah, Nights of Love was a very much so a, I heard my, my ex-girlfriend show me this song and it turned into a moment where which is one of some of the best moments where it was like i immediately went home and made that song like in 20 i i i missed class the next day because i stayed up all <laughs> night and just made that song because i was it was feeling it so hard which is the best feeling for sure hey, baby don't you cry hey baby don't you pass me by Remember the boy used to sing this song when the summer nights were long. I love you, truly do. I love you, I love you, I love you. What was your process for recording this? Was it like do it yourself kind of thing? Did you go into a studio? Kind of give us the story behind that. It really was a a DIY type of thing. Um, I at this point I am in my my dorm, I should say in quotes, because the where they they house students at Columbia. Um, at least when I was there, it was just the only space, and it was an old warehouse, and so we had we had nice rooms. I just want to I, I can't say dorms without prefacing that because a lot of my friends who lived in dorms would not be happy about me calling where I live dorms. Okay. But, um, it was, um, it really, at that point I had been using, um, logic to record, um, and make all my music. And so it was a lot of just sitting at my desk. And then I had a kind of a, another, a DIY setup for vocals and, um, uh, drums and all that stuff. And so, it was it all took place within a room similar to what I'm in right now. And um luckily it turned out turned out well. And then in twenty twenty one, uh you had another release of some songs. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that really is my my masterpiece to this day, especially the song Walk with Sunshine, um, which is the the title track off the EP on there. And 
that really encompassed everything that I wanted to be as an artist um, in the sense that it had a ton of instruments. It had um, slow parts where you could listen to it maybe while you're, you know, you're just driving on a sunny day versus you could also play it and people dance to it by the end because it has this, this thumping real bass. So like for that part, it's a real bass, you know, guitar, I guess I hate saying that, but it's a bass um, that I'm playing. And then I also had a saxophone player play over that. Um, and that combination was like, I got, and then I have guitar solo in it as well. And so it's like, I got all these live instruments along with this good, thick, funky feel of electronic and that all coming to like, like what you had said earlier in my bio, whatever, the marriage of all those things was like, this is exactly what I want to sound like. And, um, yeah, I I really was proud of that one. Now, before we talk about the latest stuff, um, let's backtrack a little bit. Have you gone and performed any of this out live? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've been gigging a lot lately. It's It's been really great. So I, I did a tour uh, last summer called the We Have Liftoff Tour with 
um, one of my really good friends and uh, one of my favorite producers, his name is Saya. And um, we went all around the Midwest playing this stuff out. And it was really my, I had been playing shows here and there. I played like the Ox in Chicago was one I, I frequented, but um, to go across, I mean, Minnesota and Indiana and um, Michigan and Illinois and then a few and then several in Wisconsin was really the the confidence booster. I mean, I, I was I was confident with my music, but to have those original songs and then go out and play them and then see people dancing to them was a euphoric experience that, of course, makes all musicians want to keep doing it. And right, right. that was definitely a re a reassertion of why I do what I do. I mean, I, I do what I do because I love it, but you know, getting getting booked versus actually just playing the shows and people enjoying your original music is really what was like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this and keep pushing at it hard. And, and now that I'm living back in Milwaukee again, the, the gigs are coming faster and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really appreciating that. So where are some venues that you are frequently performing at? So I, I played Lineman's uh, recently in Milwaukee, and then um, I, I'm trying to get into it more, and I've, I've played um, a little bit around the area, but I'm playing the um, LED Room in Appleton is one of my favorites. Um, and, uh, and then like Indeed Brewing is somewhere that I've recently started to uh, create a relationship with. And that's through the the guys at the Experience Milwaukee podcast. Um, there's some great guys and it kind of helps me get in there. And so, um, and then as well as like Quarters is a great venue for some of these smaller electronic shows where I can kind of curate more what I'm trying to uh, put forth. But um, I'm also really in love with the house show um, theme and the, the whole um, community around house shows and that has been a blast. I've been doing a lot of those. I've been back and then with some more real venues split between there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I love it when people of all ages, shapes, sizes, whatever can go and see a band. I mean, I always yeah. think about going into one of my, when I was still in high school and there was playing at the Miramar, that's, that's probably where I want to play the most. And it's still a goal of mine. Um, I remember there was a band coming that I was in love with and, it was 18 plus and I was like 15. I remember being mm. furious that I couldn't go because I'd been listening to them religiously. And I remember I, I messaged them. I sent them letters, whatever. And then they ended up actually being able to bring me backstage for a little bit and watch back there a little bit. And I think that's just the beauty of it. There, there shouldn't be an age restriction on, on music listening. And uh, I love venues that support. I mean, obviously you got to have some rules and regulations right. here and there. But um, that's why venues that make it at least 18 plus or 16 plus and you just get an X or a wristband, whatever, if you're not drinking. And I, that's that's where I, I always want it to be available. All my music and music in general, I feel like it just should be available to whoever wants to listen to it. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of, of that, um, that kind of segues into the local scene attitude and one of these questions I ask is what are the great things um, that you've seen positive in the local scene? That is um, a great question because I really, the, the change between living in Chicago versus living in Milwaukee is massive. I feel like people in Milwaukee really want to help each other and get the idea that helping each other means helping yourselves as well. Like, I, if I'm booking a gig and I'm and they need an opener, I'm going to go and choose somebody who is also in the local music scene to play that. And it seems like when I was in Chicago, it was so cutthroat, not even cutthroat, but like very selfish. And um, versus Milwaukee, it's like everybody wants to pat each other on the back and help each other grow as one unit versus like, I just got a gig. I'm above you now. So you're not playing my shows anymore. There were some vibes like that in Chicago versus the Milwaukee scene is so loving. I, I just played a house show on Saturday night and everybody there was like, you couldn't even tell who was, you know, further along than the other, as far as their, their fame or who's listening to them or who came to see them. Everybody was humble, happy, and happy to be with each other. It was such a good community. And I, I had played a bunch of shows like that in Chicago and it was like people were 
looking to one up each other all the time. And I do not feel that at any of the venues I've played in Wisconsin ever. That's that's a really great observation. I do hear that a lot from a lot of people that I've interviewed is like it's always like a positive atmosphere in the Milwaukee area and other yeah. surrounding areas in Wisconsin. But if we flip that question, what are some of the struggles that you have kind of noticed that you think would be helpful if we got improved upon? Hmm. I guess some accessibility to certain venues and access and um, how to get starting to play there. It does seem like they're for some of the bigger venues like the Miramar. I don't want to talk any shit about the Miramar because it's it, it gave me a, um, a way to see all these artists that were inspiring me in the first place. And that's one of my biggest goals as a musician is um, to play there first open there and then headline there. And then, you know, way along the line, hopefully play Red Rocks. But um, <laughs> in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, it, it seems like, you know, there's, and this happens at a lot of places and and, and happened in Chicago too, but where they have the, a lot of a lot of venues will go with the safe bet for opening artists and i get that and i get that, that it's it's safe we know what you're going to do we know that it's just the right amount to open for this other guy but it seems like the same local artists who have been playing the same opening shows for years and years are still doing the same opening shows and i feel like there is room to bring in some new some new meat some new blood and um and I'd love to be a part of that, but I, there's a lot of people I know who are really fantastic and deserve to do some of those opening shows, especially for like, like, so there's some shows coming up that I, I, I know would be a great opener for, and they're, they're booking a wildly different genre and artist or whatever, just because they book the same opener all the time. And it's like this, I know this, I know this guy who's coming to this venue or this venue that they, I know artists sometimes different artists than myself, sometimes my own artists, sometimes myself can do a better, more fitting opening show, but the venue would rather just sit and keep doing the same thing because it works versus it, it might, it can get better. It will get better. And, and I'm happy to, and also, you know, if, if I'm in that position and I'm the opener playing those opening shows, I wouldn't necessarily want, maybe I don't, maybe I wouldn't want to open that up to another artist because I'm having a great time doing it. And they're all friends, whatever. But I think to really grow, the, grow this community, some of those opportunities for opening gigs could be opened up just a bit more. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. If you have the same thing over and over again, it, it gets stale after a while. And it's good to, like you said, get some new blood in there and kind of shake it up a little bit to get some new kind of feel to the opener. Yeah, plus then people aren't showing up for the openers anymore. And then you're getting people still shuffling in when the, the main headliner is going on because you're, it's like, oh, this this opener that I've seen 30 times is again opening. Well, I, I could skip that probably. Let's go back now to your music as in you had a new release in February and we're recording this now in beginning of April. And this is probably going to go out in probably sometime in June. So why don't you kind of give us the idea here about this new song that you released in February? Yeah, so um, this song, its enjoyment is kind of the... You could say it's the new masterpiece after the walk with sunshine it's a little bit more refined walk with sunshine is still kind of my masterpiece but walk with sunshine is where a lot of my live shows circle around where walk with sunshine would be a, a closer kind of song and this song is like right in the meat of what i would want my set to be where it's funky it's fast i it gives me opportunity to take my guitar out and solo over it and um and that's really where i love to kind of for lack pardon my french but face fuck the crowd melt their face a little bit and give them a little bit of a hard solo over something that's fast and funky and groovy and that's kind of where its enjoyment lands and that was something where i felt so confident about releasing it because like we had talked about earlier i had before i'd released that song that whole tour I did last summer, I played that in every single set. And to see all those people dancing and getting down and grooving to that song was like, all right, I got to release this. And I, and now that I, and not only am I going to release this, but I'm confident about it. And I feel great because I've seen this crowd reaction 
And then I, you know, and also as it went, I polished it more. I saw where people were maybe even dipping a little bit, even in dancing, because the crowd moved maybe a little bit less, tweaked that part, made it a little bit better. And now it came out to be this funky fusion of a, of a song. And I'm, I'm very proud of it. Party. The beach police do what they can. Hey, you know, sir, you need to dump these beers out there against the law on the beach. But there is little respect for the law. You know, I enjoy drinking beer, and I don't see any problem in us being 19 and drinking beer. But al alcohol is a drug, isn't it? No. Yeah, it is. It's not a, not a total drug. I don't, I don't feel that it's a drug. I feel that it's an enjoyment. But there is little respect for the law. Excellent. And when you are out and performing, is this backing tracks or do you have a live band or is it a mix of both? Kind of how, what, what do people see up on stage when they come and see you? Yeah. So they're going to see me with um, a big, big DJ board and then my instruments up on stage. It's essentially a one man band. Okay. And how did COVID affect your, your gigging? Oh, that is a great question because I, uh, this tour I did last summer was supposed to happen two summers ago. And we put my, my old manager and I put a lot of work into planning all of it. And then that along with, um, the walk with sunshine EP, we had a huge venue booked out with like all this crazy months of promotion. And it was going to all, you know, all come to one big release point at this huge release party. I'm going to play it all the way through. And only that, but I was going to have 
a full live band backing me up as well. And that's, that's not what you're going to see as often from me, but that's a goal. That's something that I would maybe do once a year, but we were having rehearsals. We had a, a drummer, a saxophone player, a bassist. Um, and that's kind of where I'd want to be at one day where I can have a full band and the electronic music, but that all got cut off um, that we had to cancel the venue. Thank God the venue. I mean, especially when I was in Chicago, I was, scraping the bottom of the barrel for making funds happen. And I, I love that the venue was able to give me a return on it, but we had the whole tour planned, the whole EP release party plan. And the fact that right around when my, that EP came out, it was like the height of people freaking out. Yeah. It really got tucked under the rug, which was, it was a little bit of a shot to the heart and a little discouraging, but, um, that, you know, no problem. I, I, I'm still proud of it. And now I've also just kind of learned that as much as I want to release an album, it kind of has to be singles now or people, people do not have a high enough attention span, unfortunately, but that's, that's digressing. But it really was that, that the, we have liftoff tour, which I did this last summer was supposed to be on the year before that, that was supposed to happen. Okay. And along with the release show and all these things along with there's going to be multiple live band shows. And then that all, that all went to shit. Yeah. For a lot of people, did you um, do any, like what some people were doing was like, do like streaming gigs or anything like that online. And how did that go for you? Yeah. So that was, that was kind of where we pivoted to my manager and I, we, so I created something called the celestial Saturdays and um, it, I kind of overworked myself a little bit, but I was working a really rough, trench digging landscaping job in wisconsin and so what i would do was um monday through friday i would work my um landscaping job after i got off on friday i would drive back to chicago to my whole studio setup with my with the green screen and everything like that i would record the set get all the green screen stuff together um well i would get all the green screen stuff together and get the set together and then play out the set on the Saturday. It was like around, it was also around seven or 8 PM. And then I would finish that and then leave the next day and Sunday, go back and do that again. I did that all summer where it would be one day in Chicago where I, I finished putting like, I would get home from work every day, doing landscaping, work on the set, work on getting the visuals together. And then on, by the time I got to Chicago on Saturday, I'd record it, sleep at my house in Chicago. And then, go back and live at my parents' house the next week doing um, landscaping again. And that was great. Uh, we, I definitely was hoping it would take off a little bit more, but, you know, I was, I was getting in on the scene along with, you know, hundreds of thousands of other artists being also thinking, this is how I'm going to do it during the pandemic. And it was great. And I did, I did gain a lot of new followers and a lot of new um, people liking my music, but it was a lot of work and learning all that, all that stuff uh, for um, doing the green screen, all that. Like we originally it was just me and my music, and then it was like how like everybody else is doing it better. So let's get the green screen involved, and so we did that, and um, it was great. It was just I honestly I should have just lived in Chicago the whole time, and I probably <laughs> could have saved myself a little bit of work. But I had a good paying uh, landscaping job, and honestly, part of the landscaping thing too was three-fourths of the year I'm I'm in a city and so during the summer if my work is digging trenches and cutting down trees and moving logs I'd rather do that than working anywhere else because I just want to get some fresh air yeah yeah which kind of leads into one of my questions which is work-life balance um so did you find it really difficult to balance the work life with the music life or did you have a good uh grasp on all that um, during the, the pandemic, when it was, you know, at its worst, it was honestly not that bad because I had a buffer day, like, like Sunday was my buffer day between Chicago and Wisconsin all the time. And that helped. But nowadays it is a little bit harder because I work weekends now at my new job, uh, cream city music, which is a, a fantastic store. And I'm very honored to be working there, but, and they, they very much support artists um, who work there and letting them go early 
and um, to make sets and whatever. But, you know, in my in my field of music, you could say a lot of the shows will go until three, four a.m. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I'm working at nine a.m. the next day. And so that's getting a little bit trickier to manage. Um, Before that, I was just doing Uber Eats and DoorDash and all that stuff, both in Chicago and Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, And that made it very easy. But also there is something to be said about having a work schedule to keep you working, honestly, because the the DoorDash at at a certain point, DoorDash and the Uber Eats, it was just like I was I was lacking some of the discipline to just go out and do it for eight hours the whole day. And and now I'm I'm working at Cream City and I um, I am learning more about guitars. I'm learning more about theory all that good stuff and gear in general. And so I really appreciate that, but it is harder when, you know, it almost limits me a little bit. And I I hate to, to uh, talk on that, but I, you know, they, they, they give you the day off or not the day off, but they'll let you go a few hours early, but it does keep me a little bit stuck in the Midwest. And I do want to venture out further. Um, And so that's going to be a whole new problem that I need to figure out at some point. But, um, you know, there's, there's shows like I, I got an opportunity recently to headline and curate a electronic funk night in Ohio. And I want nothing more than to do that, but I can't, it, it would have to be, take place on a Sunday night or something yeah. because I have only, I only have Monday and Tuesday off and they do support your shows and doing those shows, but not necessarily if it if you have to travel or something and right. so i might and, and the, the job is awesome but i just i might have to realistically find something else where i do have some more flexibility where i can just take off right somebody can cover my shift or something like that which is right. no big deal and there's all the people there are very happy and i i am happy as well there but i do most of them also are okay with playing local gigs forever and i would like to have the opportunity to expand as much as i possibly can so it, it is getting a little bit more tricky as I'm getting more opportunities. That's that's for damn sure. Yeah. As we're getting close to the end of my questions here, the next one is gigs that have made an impression on you, either as an artist or as an audience member, or you can talk about both. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so I actually, so what I was doing before this, I, like I had said I was in a guitar lesson and, um, you know, I, I hate I, I, I love to put it out there that people who are already playing shows, and I know you know this, but there is nothing wrong with keep getting guitar lessons. <laughs> I mean, some, and it even inspired me to see some of my favorite artists, uh, like, like one of my favorite artists, Grizz, play saxophone during a lot of his shows. And in the last couple of years, he's been getting lessons again, and he's like the top notch to me. And I felt like I, I was plateauing a little bit. Um, and so I wanted to, take us to the next level. And so that transfers into I'm getting guitar lessons now from uh, the guitar player, Kevin Donahue and his show, he's part of the band Sun Squabby. And when I first, they, they were kind of a big inspiration and in transfer into this world for me from more rock band and um, bluegrass, stuff like that into this, the, the fusion type of thing. And I saw them in 2016, they were opening for the floozies at uh the small room at the rave and i uh i saw them play and before i had seen them that they were one of the big inspirations or kevin specifically was um an inspiration of i want to play guitar and then i saw him live and it was like i don't just want to play guitar i want to do the whole thing the whole the whole basket and so that show was specifically like a total game changer for me um of just seeing seeing it live and then they're creating this thing where it's almost a jam band to a sense where they're taking these electronic songs but they're soloing the bass is soloing the drum is soloing and it kind of just pieces all these parts together of all the music i love into one happy family and um i mean there's other artists like, like when i saw pretty lights live or pretty lights is traditionally a you could even say a dubstep artist, which I'm not necessarily as a fan of, or I don't really dip my toes into that as much. But then I saw him live at this music festival called Summer Camp in Illinois. 
and he did it as yeah pretty lights live and it was a drum like two drummers a guy just focused on scratching a piano player a bass player like the whole thing and that's kind of goes back to what i wanted to do for my ep release show where i had a full band and the electronic stuff those were the things that really got me going and then as far as my own shows honestly the one of the biggest things was my first show i played in madison um it was a house show and it was it was really the first time where i got a giant crowd really moving and like like i, I could i couldn't see as i couldn't see the back of the crowd i mean it wasn't like a huge place it was it was a house but i all i could see, all, all from what i could see people were dancing and moving and it was such a euphoric moment of like i know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing now. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I think a lot of musicians out there have something similar to that or at least, you know, have something close to that that just inspires them to keep going. Absolutely. And th those keep happening too. I mean, that, that happened in Madison at one time. I was back in Madison this summer. It was it was great again. Um, and then one of the biggest things that, because I was deciding on where to go um, from Chicago and playing my show at Linneman's after my tour um, again was just like, I had all Milwaukee openers, all Mo I had a, a ton of Milwaukee vendors of paintings and pins, all this stuff. And then all these Milwaukee people, even one of my old teachers came and um, it was fantastic. It was just like, this is where I need to be. This is, this is the perfect place. I, I don't know why I ever left. And then my last question is what's on your playlist right now? Who are you listening to that you want to give, some shout outs to that's just inspiring you to keep on going oh man that is a fantastic question i am all over the place um with who i am listening to a lot of times it's whoever is releasing stuff most recently um from my favorite artists but i honestly for what i listen to you wouldn't think i'm into what i'm into um and i think that's kind of a weird it's a weird thing I've found as I've been making this type of music is that the more I make it and the more I'm around it all the time, I'm more pushed to other genres in my free time. So um, I'm, I've been, Oh, let me look for a second. Like I, I'm Grizz again is one of my favorites, this band called X mag, which unfortunately I think they might've come to a close, but they are a huge inspiration and fantastic all the time. Honestly, I'm, I can't stop listening to Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, I always come back to that. And then, like, brass bands I can't get enough of. And I don't really have one band that I will come back to, but um, I did uh, my – it's a longer story than necessary, but my family went on a big trip to Europe. There was a, a passport issue, and I wasn't able to go. And so the, the compromise was – because it was – a whole bunch of reasons but it was like hey it's all you in the meantime where do you want to go and i was like i want to go to new orleans and hear some jazz some funk and some brass bands and i'm still riding that high of some amazing i mean i just i love saxophone and horns and that's again where it comes back to grizz where if you're including some trumpets and saxophones i'm hooked but really um honestly diet light i just um saw them last night or uh, on saturday night they yeah. killed it uh, they were really, really, and the glamps too were fantastic. Um, but outside of that, it's like, I listen to something different every single day. Um, I, I really love the Abet brothers. I always come back to them. Um, they were, that's, that's who really got me inspired to be playing the banjo back in the day. Um, and then random, then I'll, I don't know, I will listen to some like really weird dark electronic music sometimes like s fam or um but yeah then i'll then i'll bounce back to like yonder mountain string band when they still had J jeff austin okay um so it really jumps from every single place but yeah fantastic fantastic is there anything that i haven't asked you that you wanted to talk about before we close this out for tonight well um i would love to say i would love to promote some shows but i think this is going to be coming out a little bit later so um in the meantime i would say that this year for myself is going to be i mean I'm, I'm gigging a lot um coming up but in general i'm taking a break off of touring this year to really just focus on releasing more music 
And so you can expect for a lot more music to come out from Celestial, um, from myself, obviously. And then coming in uh, 2023, I'm going to try to be reaching a lot more uh, cities and a lot more states in general. I really want to get out to Colorado and Arizona and places like that. But in the meantime, I want to just focus on this last year with touring and moving and all that stuff. It was like overwhelming. And so now coming back to just really grinding on music, getting it out, getting some awesome cover art and animations and maybe even a music video that would be coming up. Um, all that type of stuff is going to be the focus for me this year. And then coming in 2023 will be another tour. Excellent. Well, Salatial, I think I said that right, finally. Um, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Um, if you know any artists out there that would like to be on the show, please spread the word. I much appreciate that. Um, but over that, I much appreciate you being on the show. It definitely helps me get uh, people to know more great musicians like yourself out there in Wisconsin. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an honor. And I, I, I certainly know plenty of people who would be um, honored to be on as well. It's I've, I've listened to your podcast and um, it's great to finally be here. I appreciate you being here. So thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. And that's it. Um, and then I just do post-production stuff. Um, I think you sent me your links. Yeah. Um, for your socials, do you have links, um, for your music so I can, um, get that into the podcast or you can send me. Sure. Yeah. We want to be just, those. yeah. Do you want me to just send you links on like over Facebook messenger or something that or email either one will work just fine. Cool. Yeah. I, I can do that right away. Okay, that'll be great. Um, I think that should be it for now. Um, is is Brian still working at Cream City? Yeah. Okay. I used to know him when um, he worked down in Kenosha at the the music center. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want me to tell him to say hi from you? Yeah, if he remembers me. It's been. Oh, I'm sure he will. He's pretty good about that. He's actually. Uh, He's gone from guitar guy to, uh, I mean, he's still a guitar guy. He's, he's, he's my main boss. Um, yeah. but he, uh, he plays like really hard style techno underground okay. stuff, which is very interesting. And he never brought that up to me. And eventually I found out that he was doing this. Like, I mean, I like electronic music, but he, his stuff is like really like, like Europe, like Europe warehouse like 90s like dun, 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 dun. Okay. and um i i was like dude when you need to talk to me about you like electronic music and he was like yeah you found out my dirty little secret <laughs> i work i work at a guitar shop but i mostly listen to and play electronic music but um yeah you said you're a music director i'm a band yeah high school band director and yeah where at uh union grove awesome yeah i um do you, you happen to know mr wackholtz that name i don't know or um uh adam shoot well i had some great band directors at i i went to cedarburg high school oh okay okay yeah and um do you oh my god i'm blanking on the, the current band director's name right now but um really i i have utmost respect for band directors in in general i i couldn't have done anything i'm doing now without them oh thanks yeah it's it's a love you know you, you gotta know you gotta be able to love the passion to, to teach kids to be able to do it you know inspire them or try to at least you know are you doing um like middle school high school college uh i do high school level okay cool i i, I was just thinking do you know mr ross wagon maybe no sorry yeah no 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 worries i just i i going back and sometimes i would get called back to um the, the middle school to to 
maybe sit in on something or whatever when I was, um, cause I, I did jazz band in high school and I, I did just band band as a saxophone player growing up. Um, but then I came back and played guitar with some stuff and it was just, it blew my mind, the patience that you guys have. I mean, holy moly. <laughs> you, I, I tip my hat off to you guys a hundred percent. That's fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun. Um, and, and I'm in a great place where, not only do I get to teach high school band and jazz ensemble, but um, I do a music theory one quarter a year, and then I get to do um, beginning guitar, and then I actually do an after-school recording arts club. So I teach the kids how to sub recording equipment and how to record. And oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Man, I wish I had that at my high school. I could have been 10 steps ahead by now. Yeah, we all learn differently. And hopefully that... Um, as the generations move on that more band directors will be able to at least invoke some of that information. It's not just like the old, old school generation where it's just, we do classical music and that's it. And there's nothing else, but we can right. it up to different genres and different, you know, interpretations of what band class can actually be. Absolutely. I mean, even earlier on for me, like even doing like pep band, and playing like some more fun stuff was right. like, oh man, I really like this. And then eventually I, I dropped out of it and then I started playing guitar. And then the, the band director at my high school was like, eventually somehow found out about me and was like, Hey, you should come play guitar in the jazz band. And I came back and it was like, man, I get to play guitar for an hour during the school day playing jazz. This is fantastic. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I have the utmost respect for you guys. And, um, Thank you for doing what you do. And thanks for doing this as well. Yeah, no problem. Um, before I let you go, because you did talk about being you know, into electronic music. Um, I do podcast editing for this other podcast. It's called Into the Mix. And he um, does interviews with um, electronica type music musicians out there. Oh, wow. And he's over in um, across the pond. So he's over in like the Europe countries over if you want to check that out you can other i would love that yeah so it's into the mix and that is that on um where, where can i listen to that it should be on most places yeah it's spotify amazon all that good stuff yeah that's right up my alley Post is Mark Matthews. Got it. Inside the mix. Inside the mix. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. Cool. Well, sir, I will let you go. Um, thank you so much for being on here, and I will let you know when it goes live. And said anybody else. Have them contact. Yeah, what's the best way for them to contact you? Because I I know a solid amount of artists, especially some of the like the the band I said. Do you know Diet Light? Who yep. um they really killed it um on uh on Saturday night, and I, I think they think I, I had them on already. Oh really? Okay, for sure. Well, plenty of other bands as well, and artists in general that would be. So is Facebook Messenger the best way to get a hold of you? Or? Um, they can do a Facebook Messenger. They Email me or on the website there's guest cool yeah well i i will absolutely send your info their way all right man thank you so much and thank you all right you have a good one too well i hope you enjoyed that conversation a reminder that wisconsin music podcast is a media partner of the sixth annual make music milwaukee a day-long celebration of live music on monday june 21st Local musicians and venues are invited to participate in this free citywide event. Details and venue musician matching services at makemusicday.org slash Milwaukee. Once again, that's makemusicday.org slash Milwaukee. If you need any more information about our guests, check out the podcast details in your podcast app. And if you are interested in being a guest on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, we have a guest request form on the website at wisconsinmusicpodcast.com once again that's wisconsinmusicpodcast.com fill that out just ask for your name and email 
and then I send you an auto email asking for your bio and your social media links. Um, sometimes that lands in your spam or junk folder, so check it there once you submit your guest request. And I will send you a link to the podcast scheduling calendar, and then you can just pick the day and time that works best for you. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week.